I want to preach to you or talk to you or share from you from the Word of God uh, about the Great Commission. And I've entitled my message today, Go Believing. Go Believing, that the Bible has called us to go. We are sent by God uh, to take the message of the gospel, as I said earlier, that um, Despite the situation, despite the lockdowns, despite all the things going on in our world, God has not stopped or has that commission has not been put on hold because of what's happening. And that you and I are still called by God and sent by God. But I want to attach to that sense of being sent or going uh, uh, with the message of the gospel and connect it to the importance of believing. The Bible is very clear about, you know, the power of faith, that when we don't believe that we cannot expect God to do anything. But when we do believe or when we do have faith, according to the scripture, it says nothing is impossible to those that believe. Hallelujah. So I want to take us on a little journey. Last week, uh, I began the process of us as a church understanding that we are an apostolic church. So I kind of want to open that up a little bit about the apostolic church and what that means and also that aspect of attaching belief to a church that is full of sent ones. So the word apostolic, I don't know if you would have watched on um, the stream on Wednesday night, I do hope you did. Darren um, began to talk about the aspect of us as the commission of making disciples, followers of Christ, uh, and also the fact that we are sent by God. And that the word apostle actually means to be sent with a special message from God. That there is the, the um, uh, fivefold gift of the apostle who was a sent one or a missionary carrying the message of the gospel. But there is also the aspect of a church that is an apostolic church or a church that is full of people who are sent. Sent one, sent with a special message. You know, we are, I believe, already in the um, uh, on the journey of being an apostolic church. Now, remember, apostolic means uh, sent, so we are a sent church. And the word church means this: it, it means a group or a community of called out ones. So we are a community, a group of people called out by God, who are carrying a special message to the nations sent by God. Hallelujah. We are an apostolic church. I'm not proclaiming that there are apostles in our church, but what I'm saying to you is that we are a church called by God to carry a special message to the world. Sent by God, an apostolic church. Now, it's very interesting um, at the moment, you know, last week I talked about our, our um, sphere of influence where we are directly influencing uh, quite uh, a number of people beyond the boundaries of Yarrawonga, that we are, pro, uh, we are discipling, you know, a, a number of people. But also this week just want, let, want to let you know about some other aspects of us as a church as sent ones. Now we live in the region of northern Victoria here, um, Yarrawonga being the hub of what we do here. And um, at the moment, um, 
we have been involved in a church in Echuca. We have been sending preachers to the church up there in Echuca over the last several years where we are sending groups or teams. We've been sending Gaz, uh, Gaz, Gaz, how are you Gaz? Uh, that's Gaz is Greg and Kaz put together. That's a new name we have for Greg and Kaz. We don't have to say Greg and Kaz. We say Gaz. No, sorry. Uh, Kaz and Greg have been going up there to Echuca. Darren's been up there. Zoe's been up there with Darren. Jesse's been up there. Um, Travis and Jerusha have been up there. Uh, I've been up there with Pekka quite a few times. So we are sending people uh, out into our region. We're also involved at the moment with a church in Marupna uh, and an African church based in there as well where we are sending preachers, uh, communicators, communicators, to help that church on their journey. So our church is acting in this apostolic role of sending communicators. Amy was up there with me a few weeks ago where Amy led the worship. And again, Amy was functioning as a worship leader in that apostolic calling of our church. See, we are already as a church functioning uh, beyond our town in this apostolic calling. Also, over the last three years, um, I've been involved with a community called Myrtleford, uh, uh, just helping God bring some healing there, you know, being serving God in that area. And uh, we are now, we have partnered with another uh, group or community or uh, ecclesia called out ones who are now planting a church there. So we as a church in our apostolic church calling have been helping in that community and a church is about to begin there. Uh, so Ignite Life Church is actively being an apostolic church. Uh, another thing I'd really like to encourage you about is also that um, I'm very excited about. You guys know that we support um, uh, John and Jenny Davidson over there in Carnarvon. And uh, at the moment, um, we are very excited about a plan we've been putting together, sending some missionaries from our church to help the guys in Carnarvon to reach uh, our First Nation people there. Um, and guess who they are? Well, um, hallelujah, Ruth Richmond. I love this. Ruth Richmond, who is, you know, um, uh, we would call her an elderly, elderly woman. She's 84 years old, yet there is a missionary calling on this woman. And her as, and David Novotny, David, a guy who found Christ a couple of years ago, they are going when the uh, lockdown enables us, when this, you know, virus, we can send them there. And we've, we've been um, working with uh, Jenny and David to work that plan out. So we are sending again as an apostolic church, Ruth and David, to help there for uh, a month. Hallelujah. You know, God is at work despite what's happening. Another very exciting thing in regards to what we're doing in Uganda. Now, uh, six um, family uh, or six couples have got together and we've uh, put together some finances and we have purchased uh, some land in Uganda to build a missionary house with the intention that from here in Yarrawonga and also from New Zealand, we are going to send longer term missionaries to Uganda to help support uh, what we're doing there. We want to send some of you, you don't even know yet, but we have a plan to send more of our church to Uganda and to the work we're doing in East Africa because we are an apostolic church church. 
Hallelujah. Get where I'm at. And I am excited about the future. I am excited that here at Ignite, we have many gifted people that God is raising up to send to all the world. Hallelujah. And uh, we want to grow that. So remember that the title of my message this morning is to go believing. Right. So I want to now look at... um, The Great Commission. The Great Commission is found in um, two main verses, uh, two main, sorry, scriptures. We have it in Matthew 28 and Mark 16. Uh, when Jesus, the tail end of before he was taken up into heaven, uh, we have a thing he's called the great, we call the Great Commission, where Jesus commissioned the disciples and the early church to go into all the world. So I want to kind of build out of that this morning. Um, rightio. Uh, you know, we call it the Great Commission, but it's also the great sending message. That's why we are an apostolic church, because we have been sent. And a lot of that is based out of the scriptures, these scriptures. So Matthew 28, 17 to 20. Uh, Jesus talking to his disciples. He had been crucified and rose from the dead. And verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Remember this, but some doubted. Uh, Verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them, to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus commissioning them, commands them that the fact, and note this is not just, um, this is a commandment. This is not like if you feel it. Jesus, when he commands, this is a very, very serious statement. Commandments. We have the Ten Commandments. Remember Jesus saying the Ten are based on the two. Very important. The two great uh, commandments that Jesus said all are uh, uh, put inside of. So when we talk about a commandment, this is high on the priority list. Here's a question for you this morning. If you yourself call yourself a believer, if you are a disciple, how important to you, what level of priority does your hold this great commission with, considering that Jesus commanded it? Hallelujah. He said, go. Go where? Go to all the nations. That's a lot. The planet is a big planet. He didn't just say, go to Yarrawonga. He said, go or go, you know, go to your family. Go to the nations. So let's think about that for a moment. Go anywhere or go everywhere to everyone. The Great Commission is a commission to send us as an apostolic church to everyone everywhere. Everyone and everywhere is a very big statement. And all of us will have particular views of how we see everywhere and everyone. Very interesting. And we are to go. 
Um, the Mark version uses the word go to all the world, which is the Greek word cosmos. Cosmos means uh, in that particular um, place to all mankind and also means to all unbelieving people. So we and the Great Commission are to go to everyone, everywhere, not just within the boundaries of our town, to all the unbelieving world. So an apostolic church, church, if we are to call ourselves an apostolic church, must be prepared, must be living out, must believe, because you can't go and have full impact unless you believe, uh, to everyone, everywhere. I love hanging out with people who carry big vision. I love hanging out with people who challenge my understanding of what it means to everyone everywhere. We as a church, as an apostolic church, I believe God is wanting to further our view of what this everyone everywhere means. I was on a Zoom call the other day. I got invited on a Zoom call uh, arranged by people who are involved in politics. Uh, On that Zoom call were um, some important players in politics, um, people who have been in Parliament for quite a while, both at a state level and at a federal level. The question was asked to one of the more influential figures uh, in that Zoom call was, um, are church leaders or is the church doing enough to influence the political direction of this nation? The response from that man was this, no, they are not. No, the church is not. There is a lie from the enemy that says church and state should be separated, that the church should not influence or be involved in politics. So I'm not telling you to join you know, any political party. What I'm telling you is everywhere to everyone means that every sphere of influence, we should have representatives of the gospel being sent into that. Praise God, we have people in politics at the moment who are carrying faith. But I want to challenge maybe some of you out there. God wants you to get involved in the political sphere. Now, our main thing is to make disciples. Now, this man was asked, uh, answered this guy in politics, said, you know, it is so important that people get involved in politics, that, that Christians get involved even, in fact, in political parties, because he said this. He said, if you want to influence the, the direction of a nation, then you need to influence the, the political parties that give direction to the nation. And so he was saying that it is important that people who carry light who understand to go everywhere to everyone would get involved and in fact in political parties in order to help give those political parties the direction according to what God says is right. You know, I'm encouraging, maybe some of you need to join a political party to bring influence to go to everyone everywhere. I'll leave it at that. Um, Hallelujah. A apostolic church is a church 
that live in the wide open spaces of God. They have big vision. I love that. We did a series a while back about the wide open spaces of God. The wide open spaces of God, whether it is is living in a space where you can see way beyond the limitations of others, where you know that there are lots of opportunities for the gospel. An apostolic church must be living in the space of the wide open uh, spaces of God. It must be a church that has big vision because this commission is a big vision. Hallelujah. An apostolic church uh, understands it has received power to go everywhere to everyone. Acts In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria to the outermost parts of the world. Friends, we have power to go to everyone, everywhere. We don't have our own power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, but do you believe that you have the power of heaven going with you to go to everyone, everywhere? I want to challenge your thoughts today. I want to challenge you about what do you actually believe in regards to you as a person being sent? What do you believe in regards to us as a church, as a church that is apostolic being sent? Now, it's no good for us if we call ourselves an apostolic church, but nobody goes and sent. Darren made the statement on his Wednesday uh, message that we are training people and we are training them, but why would we train them? If we don't send them, hallelujah. See, we are training you to be sent. Every time you hear a message preached from this pulpit, we are training you as a disciple, as someone who is a sent one, someone who has an apostolic calling on their lives to go to the uttermost parts, to everyone, everywhere. Hallelujah. Wherever God's Spirit may lead you. And you have power. From heaven. But do you believe it? Hallelujah. I want you to notice something in that scripture I read to you previously at the beginning of Matthew chapter 28 and verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Why is that mentioned? Why did the writer of the book of Matthew, and why did uh, it it, it say that even in the midst of those who were worshipping, that there was doubt, even though the resurrected Jesus was amongst his disciples, that there was this problem with doubt? Because doubt, my friends, or unbelief is an enemy to those who are sent. I want to say it to you again, because my friends, unbelieving doubt is an enemy to an apostolic church. Because doubt, because if you have unbelief, the Bible again says, let not that person believe they can receive anything from God. But then it says of those that believe that nothing is impossible to those that believe. So can you understand this this morning? That if you are a sent one, you must believe that you are a sent one. You must believe that God uh, has given you power from heaven. That God has called you and there are no limits to those He wants us to reach and you to reach. But doubt 
as your enemy. Now I want to look at the Mark version of this. Hallelujah. Unbelief is the enemy of an apostolic church. Mark chapter 16, 14 through to 18 in the New King James Version. Again, after his crucifixion and his resurrection, he had appeared to many. And then he's gathering those who he's giving the commission of the great, uh, the great commission to. The task that is so incredible. The task to those who are the called out ones. The task to those who will be the apostolic movement, the early church. Verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had sent, who he had seen, sorry, those, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Jesus had appeared to a number of people. And they had come to the 11 who should have believed to the men who were going to be given uh, the authority and the mission to motivate the disciples to reach the planet. But they had doubted the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus rebukes them for the spirit of unbelief and this thing that we looked at last week called the hardness of heart. To have unbelief is to have no faith. So when he's saying you do not have faith or you do not believe something. And the hardness of heart, as we looked at last week, a hardness of heart is a stubborn, obstinate heart, according to the translations, according to the, uh, the meaning of the words. Stubbornness and an obstinate heart is an enemy to the Great Commission. What does it mean to be stubborn? Stubborn means, again, I'm going to read it to you. A dogged determination not to change one's attitudes or position on something. So I want to challenge you this morning. When I talk to you, to you, and I'm saying to you that the Bible tells me that Jesus has called you to go into all the world, to go to people around your sphere of influence, that there is nobody in your sphere of influence, that you are not to be a carrier of the message of the gospel. What does your mind tell you? What is your heart, your cardia, your inner person saying? Are you fearful? Are you frightened? Are you the victim of a stubborn and obstinate heart? Have you a hardness in your heart to this calling of God? Hallelujah. We looked last week at the fact that the prince of this world has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see, their, see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that they should so that I should heal them. See, Satan is at work, blinding minds, 
and creating what's called a hard heart or a callousness and a stubbornness to truth. Is it true that you are called by God, if you are a disciple, if you are a Christian, to go into all the world? Tells me here. Hallelujah. Has the enemy been at work? Because I want to show you something as we go on a little bit. I'm, I'm going to trick you a little bit. Not trick you. But just kind of show you how sometimes we can have this, this hardened heart and not even be aware of it. And sometimes the enemy can have gained a foothold and we don't even know it. Because he's very clever at that. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus rebuked the disciples for their hardness of heart. And then he gives them the great commission. Okay. It says, these signs shall follow those who believe. These signs of the apostolic style thinking will follow those who believe. Note the word who believe. Note that signs will follow those who understand that they are sent, commissioned by God to go to everyone everywhere that signs will follow. It doesn't say that you have to make the signs happen. It says the signs will follow those who believe. And I love the challenge that's going on in the hearts of many lives in our church at the moment is there is a challenge, I believe, from the Holy Spirit about where are the signs of power? to the sent church. Why are we not seeing more signs? I know that when we go to Africa and we go to Uganda, when I take people there and we go as a sent group of people, we see miracles. There are some here today that have seen those miracles. Yet why in this Western nation of Australia do they seem to be harder to find? And I want to challenge you, maybe the prince of this world, maybe the enemy has been able to harden the hearts of the church in this western nation of Australia. Maybe the enemy has been able to harden the hearts of those who are part of Ignite Life Church, who are indeed called to be uh, an apostolic church. Maybe the enemy has been able to harden my heart in a way that I am not in the category of believing that these signs will follow those that believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when you conjure up this idea, I want you for a moment, let's just chill. I want you guys to imagine, or I want you to think about, what do you imagine? What does your mind conjure up when you think about the scripture? What does your mind conjure up when you think you might have to tell your neighbor or your workmate or someone in your family about Jesus? What does your imagination conjure up? Is it miracles? Is it the blind seeing? Is it the dead raising up? Is it the fact that uh, captors will be set free, that demons will run away because you are a sent one, because you are carrying the gospel message? 
Does your imagination... Now remember a few weeks ago, see, I've been taking you on a journey without you knowing it. A few weeks ago, I talked about the power of meditation that Psalm 1 says of the man who is blessed, that he meditates on the Word of God day and night. And in fact, God has given us a gift called the capacity to meditate or think upon His Word, and then it then activates the capacity of our mind to imagine what could be possible as a result of imagining, of meditating on the Scripture. So is this, is this scripture here in the Great Commission void of this thing of meditation? Is your ma- imagination meant to be evac- uh, activated about what is possible because he's sent you? See, meditation is a powerful thing. But I know that when many of us imagine or meditate on this, and our imagination is activated, it tends to fall to the negative. We tend to uh, feel fear. We imagine fear. We imagine rejection. We imagine people mocking us. We imagine people making fun of us. We imagine being labeled a a religious fanatic. See, that's the place of reason. Your reasoning has a hardness in it that is resistant to the truth. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring our hearts because we are an apostolic church. But there is way more for us. The everywhere to everyone and the signs that are meant to follow are meant to follow. And we need to identify in our thinking this place where the enemy has got a foothold. I'm doing this a bit. It's a bit weird, but never mind. That the enemy has in fact put a hardness in our hearts that we need to get rid of. That we need to be those whose imaginations are activated to see incredible things that are possible because we are sent, because we go. I want to inspire you this morning to change something within our thinking Rather than feel that you might be rejected, rather than feel the fear, rather than feel that, you know, you might be mocked or labelled a religious fanatic, rather let's imagine the signs following that when you go to talk to someone about Jesus Christ, that the hold of darkness is broken because you are speaking words of life. Now remember, faith is the ability to see things that have not yet happened. So those who believe, those who see the signs are in a place where they are already seeing the miracles happening. They are already seeing lives saved. They are already seeing disciples made even when it isn't happening because we are a people of faith. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? I'm going to tell you something. I was talking to someone last night, and they are living in a place where uh, their husband is watching videos on YouTube. And they watch these videos, supposedly Christian, supposedly people who have insight about what may happen in the future. But what happens is when this person watches these videos, And they are all doom and gloom. They are all about the bad things, all about, you know, what, whatever. They're not good news videos. And then that person watches those videos, then comes and tries to uh, infect 
this person with all the bad news that they've been feeding on. I want to bring another warning this morning. Don't feed on the bad news. Don't feed on the propagators of bad news and catastrophe. Feed your mind on the good news. Friend, this is good news that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Hallelujah. I want us to stir a fire in our hearts this morning. I want you to identify maybe the hardness of heart. I want you to understand and begin to go on the journey of believing you are a sent one. I want you to go on the journey of believing and meditating on the fact that God wants signs and wonders to follow your life, to follow us as a church. Hallelujah. I want our imagination. Now, imagination is where vision comes from. I believe that there is a new creative flow that the Holy Spirit is wanting to activate in the hearts and lives of us as believers that despite what's going on in this world, that there are ways and means that we can still be activated as the sent ones. Hallelujah. That heaven is not in lockdown, that you are not meant to be living in your capacity as a sent one to be locked down. It's funny, I have a piece of paper here before me. It is called an essential worker's permit. Everybody that is here who is doing the stream uh, in regards to obeying the law here in Victoria has to carry an essential worker's permit. Now, if the police were to come here and say, why are you doing this? Or pull up somebody who's driving their car and, you know, we flick out the permit. Hey, man, this is, I am an essential worker. I want to tell you this morning, friend, you have a permit from heaven. You have a permit from heaven. And this work of preaching the gospel is the most essential thing this world needs. And I want you to begin to understand and us as a church to begin to understand, friend, we have an essential message. You are an essential worker working on behalf of heaven. You are an envoy of the kingdom of heaven. And you have power that goes with you. And you have authority that goes with you. Hallelujah. Join with me. As I pray a prayer of faith, connect your faith to the promise of God. Father, I thank you that you said, Jesus, all authority has been given to you. I thank you, Jesus. You said, go therefore and take the message, the good news to everyone, everywhere. I thank you, God, that you gave us the permit to represent you and the authority that goes with it. I thank you, Lord, that you said these signs will follow those who believe. Activate within us, Father, a new sense. Lord, cause us to meditate on the promises of this word. Cause, Lord, our imagination, our faith, to see things happening 
that have not yet happened. To see healings, to see souls saved, to see captives set free. Stir us and Lord, bring you understanding when you said you that we have received power from heaven. I pray these things, our Lord also, God, I pray that your finger would touch the places where there is a hardness of heart. Lord, where we, without even knowing, have believed the lies of the enemy. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I break those places of hard-heartedness, stubbornness of spirit. And Lord, I speak your word and your promises. In Jesus' name, amen.